The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke from the 16th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our gospel this morning is indeed from St. Luke. It is chapter 16, verses 19 through 31, and found in your pew Bible on 1626. Luke records, There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. And at his gate there laid a beggar named Lazarus. He was covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked those sores. Now the time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. And the rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, where he was in torment, he looked up and he saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in the water and cool my tongue, because I am in agony in this fire. But Abraham replied, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, while Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in agony. And besides all this, between us and you, a great chasm has been set in place, so that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. He answered, Then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my family, for I have five brothers. Let him warn them, so that they will not also come to this place of torment." And Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. And he said to him, If they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. If, if we were to ask people to name uh, the top ten parables that Jesus told, it's likely that many of them would recall the parable that we heard today, the parable of the rich man and 
poor Lazarus. And like many of the parables, well, people often misinterpret it. For example, and this is important, just because Jesus described Lazarus as poor and a suffering man who died and went to heaven, that does not mean that all poor and all suffering people go to heaven. Conversely, just because the healthy, wealthy man went to hell, that does not mean that all wealthy, healthy people go to hell. Okay? But the culture at the time, and you've heard me say this a lot lately, in order for it to have meaning to us today, we need to know what it meant to the Israelite back then. Well, I'm going to tell you, the, the, the culture back then, they believed that God blessed righteous people by making them well off. And they also believed that God condemned the unrighteous by causing them to suffer, to be sick, and or to be poor. And they expected people of honest wealth to go to heaven. And they expected the poor and the sickly to go to hell. And therefore, Jesus often taught, often taught that it is possible for the wealthy to go to hell and the poor and suffering to enter heaven. And Jesus wants us to understand that the prosperity and the troubles that we encounter in this life have no bearing whatsoever on our eternal destination. We also need to understand that sooner or later, that every parable, every story, illustration, must break down. And that is because there is no earthly experience that exactly corresponds to every detail of eternal truth. And so that means that even when Jesus is telling the story, we need to focus on his main points and not get bogged down in the minute details of the parable. For example, so while the general portrayal of heaven and hell in this parable is consistent with the teachings of Jesus elsewhere, we should not get bogged down in the detailed descriptions of heaven and hell in this parable. Jesus did not tell this parable in order to teach about the details of eternity in heaven or hell, nor did he tell it in order to teach about the details of the process of death. So, the angels carry Lazarus from a life of torment to an eternity of comfort. And the rich man, on the other hand, he, descend, he descends from a life of comfort to an eternity of torment. And it is with this background that Jesus teaches the main point of the parable in a conversation that the rich man had with Father Abraham. Initially, the rich man 
is still arrogant and self-centered. He called out. This is in Luke 16, 24. He called out, the rich man, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in anguish in this flame. The rich man, he still thought of Lazarus as as some sort of servant or slave that Abraham could just order around. He didn't understand that his current state and suffering was permanent and that there was no relief for him. And Jesus then had Abraham inform the man of his hopelessness. We read in verse 25 through 26, Abraham said, Child, remember that you in your lifetime received good things and Lazarus in like manner bad things. But now he is comforted here and you are in anguish. And besides all of this, Between us and you, a great chasm has been fixed in order that those who would pass from here to there to you may not be able, and none may cross from there to us. You see, there is no relief, none For those who have died and gone to hell, there is only eternal suffering. And finally, after all hope is gone, the rich man thinks of someone else for once. And he said, Then I beg you, Father, to send him to my father's house. For I have five brothers so that they may warn them, lest they also come into this place of torment. The rich man believes that the miraculous appearance of someone coming back from the dead will shock his brothers into belief. And it is now, at this point, that Jesus began to develop the main point of the parable as Abraham replied, And listen to this. This is the main point being developed. They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. Within the context of the story, Jesus was teaching that it is the word of God that proclaims salvation from eternal torture. Jesus calls all who hear this parable to listen to the proclamation of God's word. He calls all men to listen as he interprets God's promises and he fulfills them in his own life and in his own death on the cross. And it is at this point in the parable that the rich man expresses a false understanding that still plagues us today. The rich man thought that God's word was not enough. 
He thought that the miracles of the resurrection from the dead would be more powerful than the word of God. And we know this because he said, No, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. And the truth be told, many Christians will agree with the rich man at this point. We still, we have many in the church on earth here who do not believe that God's word is enough. While none of them would come right out and say that God's word is not enough, their opinions and practices show that they see God's word as simple information and nothing more. When a person states that preaching Christ and him crucified isn't working, they are really saying that God's word is not enough. When they say that reading the word of God is boring, they are really saying that God's word is not enough. And when they say that we need to reach out to people's felt needs instead of their real needs of forgiveness that is found in Christ Jesus that the Bible proclaims, they are really saying that God's word is not enough. And Father Abraham disagreed. For he said, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. Did you hear what Jesus said through the mouth of Abraham in the parable? He said that the sign of a person coming back from the dead is not as powerful as the simple proclamation of the word of God. And if a resurrection from the dead is not as powerful as the word of God, then no marketing plan, no innovation, no gimmick of any kind is as powerful as the simple proclamation of the word of God. And here is the main point of the parable. When it comes to salvation, there is nothing lacking from God's word. The Holy Spirit spoke through the Apostle Paul when he said, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. And the Apostle Paul also said this, that faith, faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. Romans 10, 17. And the Holy Spirit also spoke through the prophet Isaiah. And he said, For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word that goes out from my mouth, it shall 
not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. Isaiah 55, 10 through 11. As far as our salvation is concerned, we need nothing more than the Word of God. We don't need emotional manipulation. We don't need advertising gimmicks or any other ideas of our own. The Word of God is enough. And not long after Jesus told this parable, not long after, there was a real-world example of the exact point that Jesus was making. What a coincidence. Jesus had a real-world friend whose name was Lazarus. And Lazarus died and was in the grave for four days. And Jesus called him forth and raised him from the dead. What was the response? Well, in John 12, 9 through 11, John records, when the large crowd of Jews learned that Jesus was there, they came not only on account of him, but also to see Lazarus, who had raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans to put Lazarus to death as well, because on account of him, many Jews were going away and believing in Jesus. Jesus was not engaging in one bit of overstatement when he spoke through Abraham in the parable, and he said, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. So how is it that the word of God is more powerful than the sign of resurrection? Well, Jesus said, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, and it is they that bear witness about me. And with these words, Jesus taught that while the Word of God is important because it is only through the Word of God, it is only through the Word of God that we can know who Jesus is and what Jesus did to save us. It is the teaching of the Holy Scriptures that tell us that Jesus is both God and man. And God's Word teaches us that Jesus, the Son of God, reigns over all things in equality with God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. And in this equality, there are not three gods, but one God in three persons. God's Word teaches us that Jesus took on our flesh in order to take our place under the law. God's Word teaches us that Jesus took our sin and its consequences into himself. And God's Word teaches us that Jesus suffered and died on a cross and that this sacrifice redeemed all of creation from the ravages of sin. God's Word teaches us that because Jesus did all this, we do not have to be like the rich man and spend eternity in torment. Instead, 
Jesus earned a place for us, like the place of Lazarus at Abraham's side in paradise. God's word teaches us that Jesus rose from the dead so that we can have confidence in all of these things, in all of these promises. God's word not only teaches us about these things, but the Holy Spirit has promised to use God's word to deliver these things to us. It is through the word of God that the Holy Spirit creates faith that receives the benefits of Christ's work. And it is by the Holy Spirit working through the Word of God that we will take our place of comfort at Abraham's side. Jesus made several points with his story about Lazarus and the rich man. The first point is that there are only two possible destinations for us when we leave this world. One is a place of eternal comfort, and the other is a place of eternal torment. And the second point Jesus made is that there is no way to leave your eternal destination once you have arrived. And the third and main point that Jesus made is that the Word of God proclaims and delivers the very grace of God that carries us to that place of eternal comfort. And those who reject God's Word will be like the rich man who ended up in the place of eternal torment and those who have the Holy Spirit's gift of faith will live forever in the comfort of paradise. They have God's word that they will live with him forever. And what promises does God keep? Every one of them. In the name of Jesus, amen.